You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. Can we just take a moment and pray before we begin as we get into God's Word today? So God, we just are so thankful for you, for you and all that you do for us. We just pray today as we uh, spend time looking into your Word, may it encourage, may it strengthen, may it comfort, and may, us, may it move us forward. May, it not, may we not be the same. But, Lord, I pray that the word would just bring us to a place of movement in you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I had the opportunity to speak to uh, some of our prayer ladies. We have a group of uh, intercessory prayer warriors at our church. And if you didn't know this, we have a group of ladies that pray every week for this church. And they pray that God would move. They pray that God would intervene in your specific situations. Uh, they are just an incredible blessing to this church, and they are kind of the watchmen on the wall when it comes to praying and lifting up this church. This church is never without prayer. So I want you to know that that's a, a wonderful thing, and they are to be commended for that. I had the opportunity to sit down with them recently, and they were sharing with me their hearts see God move and wanted to know where my heart was too as well. And and. We shared together some of our experiences of seeing God move and how we long to see God move again. Because it's one thing to just come to church and to hear about church and to hear about what God does. But it's another thing entirely to see him do it in your lifetime. Amen? And I know for me, growing up and being in ministry for a number of years, there have been tremendous seasons in which, you know, there's times where the worship and the praise is exuberant and people are excited about Jesus and the, the sound of their excitement for God is deafening and it's just a dynamic environment to be in where you see people loving God and being excited for Him. I've been in services where there's been times where the peace of God just settles on a room in such a tangible way that people don't say anything. Not because they don't have anything to say, but because God is working on them and speaking to them, and they're just caught up in the hush and the reverence for God and the things of God. I've been in services where uh, the service comes to a close, and there's a call to prayer, and there's a call to the altar, and the altars are filled with people, and they're praying, and they're seeking God, and they're praying for one another. And it, that service, even though it ended two hours ago, people are still lingering there, spending time with God because God is doing something in their life. There's breakthrough taking place. There's change taking place in their life, and they're experiencing the hand of God at work. And there are times where sometimes we might look at a service that's long, and we might say, wow, this is kind of long. And we always try to be sensitive to that, but I'll have you note something that's kind of important. And I was just thinking about that as we were sitting down. You know, if you ever go in for surgery, it's never short, right? You don't want it to be short. You certainly don't want the doctor in a rush, do you? It's like, come on, we got a 2 o'clock appointment, so we got to work this, sew this guy up, get him done real quickly. You never want that. Instead, you want to make sure that the doctor's taking their time so they don't miss anything and that everything is covered. And so it's the same way, too. When God is working and moving in the service, you've got to create a place and a space for him to do that, and a sensitivity to the Spirit. This message today is somewhat uh, moved upon and motivated by 
conversations that I've had recently and God's just working on my heart with those things. But even as I was thinking about times where we've, I've seen God move, there's a one common theme that takes place every single time that I think of those things. And they were there because they wanted to get closer to Jesus. They were there because they wanted to experience God firsthand. They weren't looking for anything else. They were looking for him. And the things that happened because of that were wonderful and amazing things. So I want us to get to a place and a space where we love Jesus with all our hearts and that we come here not because we feel obligated to come here, but we come here because we really want to spend time with God and we really want to, to be in his presence. And we, and we don't care about who's looking at us or who's watching or whatever the case might be, but that we get to a place where, God, I want to meet with you and I can't wait to see what you're going to do next in my life. I can't wait to hear what you're saying to me in this season of my life. That's the attitude and the expectancy that I hope that we get to capture at some point in time in our hearts. When it comes to God moving, there's two things that are always uh, necessary in order to see him, go- in order to see him move. Uh, the first thing is this. It's uh, readiness and responsiveness. Readiness and responsiveness. Readiness is saying, to, when it comes to the things of God, it says, you know, when, when uh, God is moving, I'm not just folding my arms and saying, okay, well, what are you going to do, God? Impress me. Because sometimes we're saying, well, when God starts to move, then, then maybe I'll move. But the honest answer to the situation is, is that when we are ready and we're expecting to see God move, and we're anticipating for God to move, and we earnestly desire to see him move, there is a readiness so that when it does happen, we're ready to respond. The other part is responsiveness, is that when there are things that are happening, that I am first to act upon those things, that I choose to exercise my faith. If I'm in need of prayer, I don't assume and say, okay, other people need prayer, but I've got this. It's actually one of those things where we've got to check our own heart when we have that attitude, when we say, like, I've got this. I don't need to be prayed for. That's almost saying, like, I don't need God's help. Listen, even if you do got it, you still need God's help because there's no guarantee that you've got it and you're going to do it well or that it's going to turn out the way you want it to. So to say, like, you know, listen, we're all capable people, Many of you are self-sufficient. Many of you are self-employed. You own your own business. Or that you've managed to uh, encounter some degree of success in your life. You're not dependent upon other people. But don't mistake that for a moment to think that you've got everything well in hand. We always need to be dependent upon the Lord and responsive to Him. So that when there's times to pray, when there's times to, to act, when there's times to move, that when we hear about those things, we uh, actually do it. And when you don't just simply hear about, oh, yeah, I know I need to do that. Or, yeah, I've heard that before. One of the biggest dangers to your spiritual progress and growth in life is to think that you've heard it all before and that you've seen it all before. Because that's where complacency sneaks in. And you're no longer impressed by the moves of God. In fact, you sometimes are even annoyed by the people that get so excited about God. Because you think, well, well, that's going to wear off. Or if they're, if they're a new believer, you say, well, 
you know, they'll settle into what life is really like eventually. And how dangerous that can be that we go, you know what, I'm not, it doesn't, I'm not impressed, it doesn't move me. Or you go to a service and you might hear people preach, and when you hear them preach, you're like, I've heard this before. I don't need to listen. Listen, the Word of God, the book of Isaiah says that it will never return empty or void. And even though you've heard that before, and maybe you've even taught it and preached it yourself, it doesn't mean that there isn't something for you to gather from that message or that passage of Scripture or that devotional or that teaching. In fact, God might be providing for you inspiration to be able to use what you've heard for somebody else. It's a tough thing to be a pastor and to go to someone else's church. I never miss church, and my wife gets mad sometimes because, like, she's like, you're on vacation, you should just chill out. And she knows why that is, is because there are times where I go to a church, and I don't just simply go to church. I'm like, that's a good idea, that's a good idea. I'm going to bring that back to Living Hope. And she's like, will you just stop doing that? And, and, and I've gotten better because she's told me, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop. But I still go to church, and it's tough going to church because, like, you know, I want a fresh word in season for myself, too. I want to hear a word from heaven. When I go to church, I'm like, eh, I got nothing to do this morning. I'm going to go to church. No, I go to church because I want to hear from God. I want to spend time in his presence. I want to worship and not have to be responsible for any of that. You know what I mean? I can worship and I, like no one's looking at me. And no, like, not because I, I don't need to be looked at, but because like I, I don't have to watch my keys. I don't have to sing the song. I don't have to preach the message. There's something very freeing about that for me. But there are times where, like, you can go into a church as a pastor and you're like, oh, well, they do it this way. I don't like that. Or you preach it that way. I don't know if I did. Or maybe, I've, yeah, I've heard that before. I've even preached that before. But we have to be mindful and careful that we don't settle into a place where we, like, we are so comfortable with what we've seen and heard that it becomes commonplace to us and we've forgotten that God's still working in that situation, in that service, in that moment. Okay. When God moves, it's a powerful thing. When God moves, things change. Dan, I'm going to have you go back a slide or two because I get out of sorts here. When God moves, and this is so important because, you know, this is not purely academic. I want you to understand something today. What we do with God is not purely academic. What we do on Sunday morning is not purely intellectual. In fact, it goes against everything that's intellectual. If you are an intellectual person, you have problems with church. If you are an overly smart person and you're a logical person, you have problems with church because I don't understand why you're so excited about God or you're so excited about someone you can't see or that you can't feel or whatever the case might be. Or this doesn't make sense. The Scriptures doesn't make sense. And so, like, from a logical perspective, you're challenged in that. So we don't, what we do here is not purely academic. What we do is experiential. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's kind of like being in a lab at school. If you go for your education, they teach you certain things, and they say, here's a lab, and inside the lab, you either dissect a frog, or you build a program, or you work out a, a scenario, or you do group work, or whatever the case might be. When you are in the lab, you say, okay, here's the truth, here's the information, now put it into practice and apply it. The church is meant to be the laboratory in which we see God move, where we take the things of Scripture that we've heard about and that we've heard testimonies about and we've seen, and we see them put into practice. 
when God moves, one of the direct effects of that should be that people are brought closer to Jesus. It shouldn't be that, like, hey, you know, this was a cool service. But, like, the question is, are people brought closer to God? That's first and foremost. Secondly, attitudes and atmospheres change. Look at Acts chapter 2. On Acts chapter 2, people went from making fun of those who were speaking in tongues and, and, and acting all excited about the things of God, and they went from being people who were making fun of them to by the end and saying, what shall we do, brethren? We are pricked to the heart. We are greatly convicted by the things that we've heard and the preaching we've heard. And it says 3,000 of them came to Christ that day, became Christians in that one moment. So attitudes change. Saul went from being a persecutor of the church to being one of the greatest preachers and representers of Christianity. How'd that happen? God changed his attitude. And God needs to change our attitude about the way that we look at him and the way that we perceive his moving. And we need to allow him to change us. When God moves, our attitude changes. When God moves, atmospheres change. It says in 2 Chronicles 7, 2, it says when they dedicated Solomon's temple, it says the presence of God and the cloud of God was so thick that the priests couldn't even go in and do the service that they were normally doing in the temple because God was there tangibly, presently, to the point that nothing else could happen. Everything had to come to a stop. The third thing that happens when God moves is that conviction rises and complacency disappears. Conviction rises and complacency disappears. What I mean by that is that when we experience the presence of God working, chances are he's going to work on your heart too. Chances are he's going to challenge you in some way. Sometimes you might be in a service and you hear the preaching of the word and you might get mad about it. You're mad that, like, God is confronting you about something that you kind of like and that you don't want to stop doing. Or there's a sense of great grief or there's a sense of, like, guilt in there. And that guilt should lead us to a place where it brings us to repentance, where God's dealing with us. We hadn't thought about it all week long, but all of a sudden inside, we feel in our hearts, I need to get right. And the Holy Spirit brings about conviction and drives us to a place where we feel as though we need to change. Unfortunately, today, we don't see full altars anymore. We don't see people coming to the front and praying anymore. Why? Because the message of today's church is all about how you're so great that God just loves you and wants you on his team. And isn't it great that you get to be on God's team? Not recognizing that God wants to do a deep work in you to change and transform you into being more like him. Not just so you can demonstrate his power, but you can demonstrate his character and your words can change people's lives. That's what he wants to do. Complacency disappears when the Spirit of God moves. Instead of going from like, well, I can kind of do or do without church, or maybe this is important, maybe it isn't important, and you go from being a place where it's complacency to a place where you're challenged and you're, you are committed and you are dedicated to the things of God. Not for a pastor, not for a church, not for a brand name or anything like that, but because you want to see God's purposes met in your generation. That the things that you hear about from the previous generation aren't just stories that you hope to see someday, and maybe you'll see someday, but that you'll see them in your lifetime. And that your children would see it in their lifetime. 
that they would experience the power, the presence of God, that they would experience the manifestations of the Spirit, that they would experience the moving of the gifts of the Spirit, that they would see healings and see miracles. And you say, well, you're chasing after experience. No, we're not chasing after experience. We're chasing after God, and the experiences come after that. When we are sold out in pursuit of God, we see God do tremendous things in, in the wake of that. So understand that as we pursue him, we'll see that. We need to be ready for when God moves. I want you to take a look at a, a story in the scriptures, in the, uh, the gospel of Mark. And I want to take a look at the story of a, of a woman who had been through some difficulties and how her life was changed because she wanted to be where Jesus was. And I want to take like three thoughts from this to help us as we pursue God this morning and understanding how and when God moves and what to do when we see him move. And so I want us to take a look at that together in Matthew chapter 5. Now, this story talks about a woman who had a very bad condition, uh, sometimes called a woman with an issue of blood. She had a disease in which she would bleed and she would not be able to stop bleeding. Some believe that it might have been like hemophilia. Some believe it might have been related to menstrual issues. But it was so bad that she could not stop. To the degree that she had spent all that she had on doctors to make it better. And by that time, the doctors try and help her. No one could help her, and no one could fix what she was going through. So she ended up going broke because of it. So she ends up going broke, and because she's broke, she has no other options, but she hears that Jesus is coming through her town. And when she hears that Jesus is coming through her town, she says to herself, I am going to go where he is, and I'm going to press through the crowd, and I'm going to touch just the edge of his robe. And if I can just touch the edge of his robe, I know that I will be healed. And it says that when she did that, she pressed through the crowd, and when she touched the edge of his robe, it says that Jesus realized that the power went out from him. Now, how powerful is Jesus that, like, even his clothes are powerful? Like, I don't know about you, my clothes are not very powerful. Like, I don't have anointed pants that I leave on the bed that when someone, you know, lays down, like, my backache's gone all of a sudden. I don't have powerful clothes, okay? But even Jesus' manifestation of the Spirit extended even to like his, his clothes and his garments, that even the garments that Jesus had would touch it. And so Jesus is going through the crowds. There's crowds all around him. They're pressed in around him. And this one woman that's just so timid and so uh, just broken by life, full of sickness and disease, and she says, if I just, I just want to touch his edge and I'll just run off and that'll be good, but, like, she touches him in faith, and as a result, the power leaves his body, and Jesus recognizes something happened. And the woman recognized something happened, too, because immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt within her that she was healed. She felt within her something's different. Why? Because I touched Jesus. And Jesus stops everybody and goes, who touched me? There's crowds around Jesus, okay? And He's asked his disciples, who's touched me? And, and the disciples are like, what do you mean, who's touched you? Like, everybody's touched you. Everybody touched Jesus, okay, but Jesus only touched one of them with healing and his power. Now, she's frightened, she's scared. She realizes that Jesus recognizes something's happened. 
and she was afraid. But then she came and told Jesus everything. And instead of being rebuking, instead of being correcting, Jesus full of grace and, and mercy and, and kindness and joy, and he says, you know, go, your faith has made you well. And it's a wonderful story about how God transformed this woman's life. But three things I want you to know. Number one, first and foremost, when it came to the move of God, is that she knew Jesus was passing by, and she didn't want to miss it. Ah, I can go another time. Understand what she's working up against. She's not supposed to be out in public. She has a condition that others are saying that's gross. It's problematic for her. She can't go anywhere. She's also considered ritually unclean by the Jewish faith. So she probably seldom left the house, seldom went out. And so she's taking a big risk by going out. We sometimes think, well, it's just a woman that just goes and touches Jesus. But this is a woman that had been an outcast who was embarrassed about her life and her condition and couldn't go anywhere. So for her to go out and to say, okay, I'm going to go press through a crowd. I'm going to go and touch Jesus who, like, I'm unclean and I shouldn't be touching someone who is so holy and clean. She had to get over that and reach out to where he was and to touch him. She went to where Jesus is. She didn't wait or let the opportunity pass her by. She wasn't going to miss this moment. Powerful things happen when we put our focus on Jesus. Whenever you go to service, whether it's a prayer service or revival service or a worship service or the preaching of the word, know that there's always a possibility that God will move. And always we should be ready for it and to respond to it. Never take for granted when God passes by. Never take for granted when Jesus steps in the room. Why? Because you don't know what day will be your last. I know that sounds really dramatic. But it's true. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know if you'll be able to leave the house anymore or you'll be able to stay where you are. You don't know if you'll live or die from day to day. Some of you work in fire services. That's a risk every single day. So we don't know how many days we have. So we can say, well, I'll just get it the next time we have a prayer service. I'll just get it the next time we have a revival service. I'll just get it the next time that we have a Bible study. You may not have a next time. So every time that we get together, there should be a sense of urgency. Every time that we get together, there should be a desire to see God move amongst us. The second thing, she knew if she touched Jesus, that she would be forever changed. She understood that God had the power to touch her and heal her, and she decided in her heart what she was going to do. She knew what God could do and determined to act on her faith. I want you to know something. She didn't even need Jesus to acknowledge her. She wasn't looking for him to talk to, him, to her. He wasn't looking for, her to, for him to lay his hands on her or even anything else. She threw out all the pretenses of how God might reach her or how God might touch her. Well, it has to be this way, and there has to be this song playing, and this word has to be said, and there has to be these things happening, and when those things are happening, when the time's right and everything's lined up just perfectly, God will move then. We should know by now there's no formula. We should know by now that God will take it and go, I'm throwing that out, I'm doing something different. Why? Because he's going to meet you where you're at. And even if he has to distract you and get your attention in a different way because he's throwing off your schedule or throwing off your neat and tidy plans, if he needs to do that to get a hold of you, he will. 
So sometimes he doesn't always fit the schedule or fit the plans that we have. She threw out all pretenses of what needed to happen. All she knew was one thing, I need a touch from the Lord, and I need to get to where he is. But she knew that all she had to do was touch him, and she would be made well. And as a result, she received a miracle. Thirdly, she pushed through and wouldn't let anything stop her. We have to remember what the condition she's in. We have to remember her status in life. We have to remember her, this was a hindrance to how she lived and what people thought of her, but she didn't let that stop her. She wasn't going to let anything keep her from getting to Jesus, and because of it, her faith was rewarded. So she reaches out. She goes to where he is, and Jesus touches her. She was afraid of what he would say or do when she, he found out that the power left her, but know this, in verses 30. Uh, 4 and 35, 32 and 34. It says, Jesus looked around to see who had done this, but she, the woman, fell in fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go and be, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He wasn't rebuking her. He blessed her. She didn't need to be afraid. He was there. When we press in, we need to press through the things that we're worried about, the things that we're fearful of. Listen, any time that, you know, especially if you grew up in the Northeast and in church, you don't make noise in church. You don't yell in church. You don't say anything in church. So this might be a different experience for you. Or you certainly don't come forward unless you're receiving anything but communion. So this might be a different understanding when it comes to responding to the Lord. But we have to, when we recognize God is here and he's doing something, there's a certain times that we need to press through what we're working through and what we're worried about and what we're fearful of. Any time is a good time for God to move. But ask yourself, what hinders you from stepping out and seeing him move? Is it because of what people think? Ask yourself that question. If I go forward, people will think I have problems. Listen, you do, okay? Get over it. You do have problems, all right? I'm your pastor, I know, okay? Sometimes I wish you would come forward for prayer. Sometimes I wish I could lay hands on you and pray for you. Instead of praying for you from a distance and acknowledging that we all have problems, there should never be a place in our life where this area becomes a restricted zone for only messed up people. This place should be a place where everyone is welcome to come to. And if you come and you kneel during worship, you shouldn't go, well, why are they there? I wonder what they're going through. If they stand and they lift their hands in worship, you shouldn't say to yourself, well, aren't they a little out there for worshiping God in the front? And we sometimes let what people think keep us from what God wants to do. Sometimes we're worried that people are watching. Can I share something with you from a production standpoint from our church? The cameras that we have for our live stream only see this and see this. They don't see what you do over there. They don't see what you do right there. They don't see what you're doing in the, the aisles that you're in. But what if I give a word? What if I, you know, I get it wrong? Can I tell you something? Unless there's a microphone, they don't hear you on the live broadcast. So you could say something. You could do something. 
You could come forward. You could pray. You could receive from the Lord. And no one will even know. But how, t- how terrible is it if they did know? What would be the problem if they did know or they did see? You know, we're getting to a time in our life, in our world, like we need people to step out and be used in the public forum, in the public square. So God wants to use us and minister through us. Don't let the fact that we stream keep you from coming and receiving from the Lord. Don't let um, what people, what you're going through at times, press in and press through. There's a pressing, there's a blessing on the other side of pressing. Watch it. You want I know it's a motto, okay? It just it may not it's clever, I get it. There's a blessing on the other side of your pressing. In other words, if you press through, you'll see it. Listen, how many times in your life where you've experienced difficulty or you experienced challenges and you in a very natural sense you push through it. You know, we watch these TV shows about self-made successes, entrepreneurs, things like that. You know how many times they fail? before they become successful, they failed multiple times. But they're so stubborn, and I'm speaking to the stubborn people this morning, they're so stubborn, could you be stubborn about the things of God today? Could you be stubborn about like, you know, I'm not going to go until you bless me. Can you be like Jacob who is hard-headed and difficult, and he's literally wrestling with an angel of the Lord, and he's got him in a submission hold, saying, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. When was the last time that you were that way, that you were saying, you know, God, I know it seems like the heavens are brass right now. God, it seems like nothing's going my way. God, it seems like my own family has turned against me. God, I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from. And instead of going, oh, poor me, you just got up and said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm pressing on and pressing in. Press through, church. Press through the fear. Press through the distractions and the hesitation. Press through the depression and anxiety that wants to keep you from being here. Press through the things that are keeping you from going deeper with God. These things are real things I don't diminish them by any stretch of the imagination. But can I share with you, you're better here than you are in bed at home with the shades pulled and thinking about it and re-germinating the things over and over again in your head and your mind. And allowing the enemy saying, you know, no one's with you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody is there for you. You don't need that. What you need is to get in the house of the Lord and to recognize that there's people that are going to stand alongside you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to hug you. They're going to bless you. This is where you need to be, not because it's easy. Because sometimes like getting through the door when you're feeling that way is the toughest thing in the world to do. Sometimes those four inches on that threshold between the outside of that hallway and here, when you know God's dealing with you and you're struggling with things, those can be the longest four inches of your entire life. But when you allow God to move in you, you say, you know what, I'm stepping in. I'm pressing through. I'm pressing on. When you do, God shows up. He said, I was here waiting for you, son. I'm here waiting for you, daughter. I've been here all along. Press through the worry that you're not good enough. 
So often we, we keep from the front because, you know what, this, that's for the good people, that's for the deacons, that's for the pastors, that's for everybody else. No, we were all in the place once where we were so far from God. And God got a hold of us and made us into deacons and made us into pastors and made us into missionaries and evangelists. We didn't just wake up one day and become that. God got a hold of us and he changed us and transformed us from within. It's not about you being good enough to get up here. It's about God making you good enough when you get here. Because God's going to do something from the inside out. He's going to turn you inside out so he can make you one whole person again. So you can be what God wanted you to be. And stop condemning yourself for what you're not. And stop listening to the voices that said this all your life. And instead listen to what God has to say. Because this is a hospital for the hurting. It's a place that you can grow and learn and develop into who God wants you to be. But you can't do that as long as you say, I'm good for today. I'm good for today. Maybe someday, but today I'm good. God is here to meet with us. And he wants to minister to us. Press through the worry of rejection. Like everyone else has turned against me. Everyone else has turned away from me. Everyone that I've loved or tried to love has turned against me and they've turned their back on me. And I just can't, I can't handle that from God. And can I tell you today, he doesn't act that way. Can I tell you that he doesn't look that way. He doesn't respond that way. To a broken heart, to a, a loving heart, to a, a careful heart, he embraces them and welcomes them as his own. Press through and press through the lies the enemy would tell you. And press in for your touch from God. On the other side is healing. On the other side is breakthrough. On the other side is encouragement. On the other side is victory. When God is moving, ask yourself the question, will he move you? Sometimes people are waiting for God to move, but honestly, God moves in response to someone's faith. Think about it. Many of the miracles Jesus did took place as a response of a faith in action. He asked the man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. I can't do that, Jesus. But something in the man says, I'm going to try. And as he stretched forth his hand, it was made whole. To the man that was crippled, he says, take up your mat and walk. How sick is that if you don't have the power to help? I can't do that. Jesus says, you can. And the man took up his bed and he walked. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, they said, open the tomb. Jesus could have just gone, and the tomb had been open. But what did he want them to do? He wanted them to take a step so they would see their part in the miracle that God was about to do. Your response to the word of God, your response to faith, your response to prayer is a result. When you do that, God moves. Because you're demonstrating your faith in action. When the uh, Israelites were crossing the Jordan, it says when the priests put their feet in the water with the Ark of the Covenant, that's when the waters parted. Because, well, we want to see the waters part first, and then we'll cross. It usually doesn't work, work that way with the things of God. It usually works like if you believe it, and you put your faith to it, you'll see it take place. So how should we respond? What do we do? We want to see God move. Wait for an anointed preacher. Wait for really expressive worship. 
wait for the situation to be right, wait for the temperature to be okay, wait for it to be the right, you know, it's too wet, it's too cold, it's too hot, whatever the case may be, wait till I feel like it. Sometimes we got to take the emotion out of it and just simply respond to what God is saying to us. Respond to what we hear, because that's where our ear gate is for faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we do that, we see God move in our midst. So I'm going to challenge you in this way. When it's time to worship, lift your hands. When it's time to pray, pray. When it's time to be thankful and expressive to God, be thankful and expressive to God. When it's time for, to receive prayer, come and receive prayer, even if you know, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. I got a handle on this. God's going to come through. It's okay to have extra prayer. Amen? No, I don't need extra prayer. I'm good. God's going to do it, but I don't need extra prayer. No, you need all the prayer you can get. And it's so powerful when we stand with you and pray because now we are partners in your miracle. Isn't that wonderful? So when it's time to pray, pray. When it's time to get close to God and say, you know what, I, I need him. And I, I'm not right inside. And I need to talk with him about some things. Do that. So when the time comes to respond, okay, I challenge you to be ready and responsive. So that when we see God move, he'll move as a result of our faith in action. In a moment, I'm just going to pray. And we're just going to ask God to just minister here in us among us. Can we do that? We just bow your heads with me in prayer. Precious God, we thank you. God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you today that, Lord, you are here. And that any time we gather in your name, you are here. Anytime we speak forth the word of God, you are here. Anytime faith is ignited, you are here. So I pray today, Lord God, that this morning, that we would respond to you. Help us not to be comfortable or complacent anymore. Let's not wait for the environment to be just right. But I pray that we would, just like this woman, press through the noise press through the difficulty, press through the challenges, and seek your face. Lord, help us to do this today and help us to see you move. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.